Hi guys, and welcome to the Transparent Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Phoebe Byrne. And I'm your other host, Ethan Byrne. This is our very first episode. We started this podcast to talk about any movie or show. I've been watching so many different movies and TV shows for so long now, and I'm just here to give you my honest thoughts and opinions on them. We're definitely going to be posting one movie or show a week, and sometimes we'll do two a week. We already have a long list of movies and shows to go through. A little disclaimer that I'm only going to say once because I think it's pretty obvious already is that when you click on any one of our episodes, we are going to spoil the movie and talk about the whole thing. So if you don't like spoilers, don't click on it. I also watch like a lot of movies, probably too much. I am in the movie sometimes. No, you're not. I walk out of the movie thinking I'm the person in the movie. We've all been there, right? You know, when you watch The Irishman and suddenly you're Frank Sheeran. I really want to do that too. I want to be the actor in the movie. Like, so, Quentin Tarantino, hire me already. I want to act. When you watch Star Wars, you walk out Darth Vader? No, I'm <laughs> the battle droid. <laughs> that is the worst character to choose. Roger, Roger. That's the best one. You what are you talking about? I don't even know what a battle droid looks like. You wouldn't choose, like, you Luke never... Skywalker or something? Okay. Be, well, like, one with the lightsabers and the force? Luke Skywalker's Mark Hamill. Battle droids aren't a person. So, like... Yeah. Why would you want so you would choose a robot? No, like, on purpose because someone's already playing that role, you know. Well, you could just imagine yourself as him, well, yeah, but then it doesn't work. Like, a half how Asian does it work as a robot as Luke Skywalker? It's a bit weird, isn't it? Or you can just create your own character with you your can't own create your own character <laughs> for Star Wars. Yeah, you can, the- you probably could, Phoebe. No, no. Yeah, and then you can just pretend that you're... Everyone who likes Star Wars, we're very sorry, but she's ruining everything. (laughs) You can just... Just ignore her. Well, they created the Mandalorian out of nothing, didn't they? No, they they created it from the Mandalorian. What they already knew of it. You know, there was already a show that kind of discussed it all. Technically, he's a made-up character. Wait, isn't isn't Baby Yoda technically a made-up character, too? Because Baby Yoda isn't a real person. So you can make up anything. It's the child or Grogu. well, and he goes like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, today's movie we're going to be talking about is The Silver Linings Playbook. It came out in 2012, so it's kind of an old movie, and it got 92% in Rotten Tomatoes, surprisingly. Oh, well, eight years ago is pretty old. Eight years old? An eight-year-old child is older than a four-year-old you always child. Com- you always compare it to that when I say something's old or new. Well, yeah, because that's how we gauge... How people Yeah, are. an eight-year-old child has been living on this earth for eight years. But so old is relative. Long. Old is relative. Wait, like in 2012, like Katy Perry was still popular. Like think about think about it that way. That's she old. Popular? Fireworks, like I think, came out at that point. I don't think that song is called Fireworks. Yeah, baby, you're a firework. firework. Come and let your Okay, it's called Firework. Very <laughs> song. Okay, well. Kitty Perry stands big to differ. I don't think there are anymore. I don't even know what that that only fandom... when she had a baby with Mr. Bloom. I don't even. Oh, oh yeah, the it's her name is Daisy. Daisy Bloom. Wow. <laughs> Wait, that's actually <laughs> that's actually an interesting name. Yeah, I mean, for a celebrity's kid. Wait, what? But then again, you you're, not, you're not in culture with a K. What? But when I when I first heard the name, I was thinking Mario Kart right away for some reason. Weird reason. Okay. Uh, 
I was thinking about like the characters in my I, I know, but okay. why? Because <laughs> who else? I, who names their child Maybe. Daisy? We're here and talk. We're reading. Sorry, we're, we're getting off track. We're di diverging away. So far away. So I feel like every movie I look up on Rotten Tomatoes in the past few months have gotten less than a 90. So I was surprised to see that this movie got 92%. I don't know. Maybe I just watch really bad movies. What's the last movie you looked up? I don't remember. Well, that doesn't have, say much, does it? I have it? the worst memory. But I remember it being like, an, oh, I think the last movie I looked up was After. <laughs> 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 don't uh we we highly recommend that you don't watch that movie There's some a... people like it some yeah, people like some the people first are one idiots. some people like the well most people like the first one and some people don't like the second one yeah because it's okay. very different so does anybody else use or listen to rotten tomatoes because i feel like not a lot of people use it i just kind of use it out of curiosity but i'm not entirely sure if it's accurate yeah do you wait do you, do you always do that well, I go off of it, and then I base my opinions from it. Like, should I watch it? And I read the reviews, and then I see why I should watch it. And then I watch it, and I firmly might. It was a yes it. or no. <laughs> Did you you ask me a question? Did yeah, it was a yes or no? Because now I'm kind of confused. Yes. Because I know, like, Love Rosie is like a 30%. Oh, yeah, I think that though that was like one of the last ones I looked and up. Was it a good movie? Yes, it was a very good movie. I don't think it deserved a third. Oh, Me Before You was another one I looked up. And that was like 40. It was With low. The nearest Targaryen? Wow. Who who did he play? Did you say who he plays? <laughs> the nearest Targaryen is not he, if you I don't know who that is. Oh, wait. Are you talking Amelia about Amelia Clark? Clark? Oh, my God. Sorry, I don't it. watch Game of Thrones. Okay, so Silver Linings Playbook stars Bradley Cooper, who plays Pat, and Jennifer Lawrence, who plays Tiffany. You can find the movie if you never watched it on Netflix. I really enjoyed watching both of these actors, and it was nice to see them in a movie together. I don't know, they're really great. Yeah, she's a good co-star. She was good in Passengers. She's also good in The Hunger Games. If you didn't know that she was in Hunger Games, Boy, what are you doing? Yeah, I was going to say, if you don't know who Bradley Cooper is, he stars in many popular movies, such as <laughs> The Hangover. <laughs> I forget he's in that. Um, That's probably his best work. A Star is Born? I, I think a lot of people would say A Star is Born. And some people, again. And Guardians of the Galaxy. I feel like, well. I never saw I, A Star is Born. Everyone so loved really A Star is Born. I have a very unbiased opinion because I've never seen it. If it is good, I don't know. No. And if you don't know who, and if you don't know who Jennifer Lawrence is, she's from The Hunger Games, X Men, and Passengers. I feel like she doesn't really get recognized from Passengers, though. Ethan mentioned that before, but um, it's a great movie that we'll have to discuss another time with Chris Pratt. That's a that's a really good movie. Yeah, it's futuristic and it's a space movie. Wonderful. I love space movies. It takes place in the future. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Hello. Pay attention to the movie that you're watching. I kind of forgot what it was about. I remember it takes place in space, and they're, like, just chilling in there. Yeah, but we can totally do that in 2020. We can just chill in space. So definitely a futuristic movie, Phoebe. Hello. Yeah, but I forgot about, like, certain elements that, like, Elon Musk futuristic. hasn't that far. So the summary of the movie is that there's this guy named Pat, <clears throat> and he has undiagnosed bipolar, which is why we find him in a mental hospital in the very first scene. This makes the whole movie kind of focus on mental illness in general. And, uh, like, creating awareness for it. Yeah. Yeah. Which I feel like not a lot of movies. I mean, not a lot of, yeah, not a lot of movies. 
Name a movie that focuses on mental illness. 13 Reasons Why. That's a show. And but that was mental illness. People. That was like social dilemmas and creating a hostile environment in a teen's life. Most people say that they made fun of it. Name and a movie. A mo- yeah. Well. Exactly. Despicable Me. She was like negative the whole time, and then girls. That's not mental like, illness. We all know that's that. Just that. Being you evil. Three, that's... You just pick up three daughters. That's good versus typical. evil. Technically, he stole them. Didn't he steal them? He basically just went there. He was like, "Hello, I'm Gru. I am Spanish doctor. <laughs> I would like to pick up the girls." I think he did adopt them, though. Didn't yeah, he like, like have papers? Yeah, but it wasn't like a, a genuine way to pick them up. It was weird. It's a kids movie, okay? Name an actual movie. You can't. I'm... I don't know. We'll have to come back. I'm not... So shortly after the first scene, um, Pat's mom takes him back home. And he is so determined at that point to get his life back to normal, to the way things used to be before he was in the hospital. Before he was in the hospital, he was married to this girl named Nikki, who cheated on him with one of his coworkers, I believe. Right, he worked at he worked at a, a high school, and I know Nikki worked at that high school too. He was like a history substitute teacher, yeah. and then Nikki was an English teacher. And I think I that the that. the guy who she cheated on him with was history a history teacher. teacher. With yeah, tenure. Yeah, can't forget about the tenure part. Uh, Pat is displayed as a broken man who is recovering from mental illness, which we said before Mm -hmm. at the mental hospital is evident that he is now more uh, in a more positive frame of mind and he is looking into the future with hope we can see that he does this through the intense workouts that he does and he believes that working out will bring him to a better life a life that is without negativity but i don't i don't think they were quite intense workouts he was just running the entire time no it was like different he wasn't exactly working out before so in his first workout scene the first two seconds you're just doing push-ups, Ethan. Have you done a push-up? Can you do five push-ups <laughs> for us, Phoebe? Yeah, I can. I'm not going to do it right now. She can't. But I can. Okay, well, anyways, <laughs> after being released from the mental hospital, Danny, uh, oh, we, we, we're introduced. Danny, it was Chris Tucker, Chris Tucker yeah. Rush Hour, Rush Hour 1, Rush Hour 2, Rush Hour 3. There's no Rush Hour 4, Rush Hour 5. Uh, another mental There's patient. five Rush Hours? Quiet, hush. I said there wasn't. Introduced as a side character that is brought only for comic relief because he's like that. He's the one black guy. You know, every movie has a black guy. Every no, movie not, has a black guy. No, that is what, so Movies that not do true. have a black guy are usually there for funny stuff, like in Shrek. Hello, Donkey with Eddie Murphy. And he was there. But you don't know that he's black. How do you not know that that's Eddie Murphy? <laughs> no, but like, I don't know. Some people could be watching it and be like, I guess kids. I wonder who this guy him. is. But still, they find him funny. Is it? Okay. Well, when Pat comes home from the mental hospital, he seeks to bring his life back together by trying to reconnect with his wife Nikki. He yep. does this initially by obsessing with the books that she is reading, and, and no, that she's teaching to her class in English, and mm-hmm. he reads them. And Pat, who is fired from the same school that Nikki works at, thinks this is the best way of getting into the mind of his ex-wife. When Pat is released from the hospital, we can see that his relationship with his mother is a loving one, as she is filled with hope that her son will get better and move on with his life. Pat's father is obsessed with football and bets on every Eagles game he 
he can and he bets uh his, the money on his, with his friend randy who bets on every cowboys game as he believes they are america's team which i don't agree with but then again i haven't watched football in 10 years 10 years ago i was seven see wow <laughs> see eight years is a long time ago i guess finally nah because it's still in this though wait no we're actually out of that decade interesting anywho pat and his father had a very has a very touch and go relationship as pat's father wants to spend time with him only because he believes it will bring luck into the game and help the eagles win pat's father is highly superstitious and has a very specific order in the way he watches the games yeah yeah he's like a very ocd and what were some things that he did like when they're watching the game he had to like face the remotes a certain way and stuff and he has three remotes not one, not two, but three. I can count. Look at me go. And the mom was always cooking certain snacks. Like, there was just one thing she always made. Brol. I think that's what it was called. Oh, yeah, we looked it up. Um, And I don't think that she was filled with hope when Pat came home from the mental hospital. She was very frightened and, like, scared because she wasn't, like, he wasn't taking his medication. Yeah, but she was, like... She didn't want him there. And he was, like, so delusional. She said that eight months was enough. We need to get him out. Oh, And then she brought true. him out. And then she took him to therapy. Which is uh, the next... We're going to talk about him. Mm -hmm. uh, neither his mother or father, though, wanted to see him as a broken man. As no parent would want that. We When we see Pat enter his home for the first time, we see his brother's picture on the wall... And Pat's picture is on to the side, leaning against the wall. And this represents where they both are in life. As Pat is on the lower side, as he fell off from where who he once was, and his brother is. I never noticed that. Life. Well, <laughs> get eyes. Pat's father tells Pat that he wants to open a cheesesteak restaurant for, uh, mm -hmm. from the money that he bets on in his games. This is very important. This is very important. Okay, Ethan. Pat is under the illusion that he can get his old job back, as well as Nikki back, into his life. And when he tells this to his parents, they disapprove of the notion. And Pat's reaction is that he will take all this negative energy and use it to fuel himself with the term excelsior, which translates to ever upward in Latin. This means that Pat believes he can only move forward and upwards in his life with this negative energy. Mm-hmm. He then continues to obsessively read books, and there's one in particular that he gets mad at, and that is Farewell to Arms by uh, that guy. Crap, what's his name again? Huckleberry Finn. Huckleberry Finn? Huckleberry Finn. Is it Huckleberry Finn? Tom, 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 Tom something. I'm not a very big English guy. See what we said before. I'm a movie guy. Ernest so. Hemingway. Ernest oh, Hemingway. yeah. Something with an H. I don't know why I said Tom. Anyways. Uh, well, what happens was he was mad at the way the book ended. And this shows how he is not happy with the way things ended with him and his wife, Nikki. And I thought that was an interesting parallel. Yeah, Pat is a little delusional. And he wants to really believe that everything's going to be okay. And that he has it all together now. But he is always self-sabotaging himself in a way. I'm trying to think of one example like he got into a fight with like his mom and like his dad i didn't fight with my mom and my dad 
I'm not self-sabotaging, am I? No, Ethan, you're not. So how is this that is a good also, representation? This is also oh. just... Well, no, like... Yeah, he... He got into a fight with his mom. And he... he I think he hurt her at one point. But it wasn't, like... It wasn't, like, so bad. And he got really mad at himself for it. Oh, well, because he's undiagnosed bipolar. Yeah, as he discusses in, like, therapy the next day. Well... The next day, he is taken to mandatory therapy that is required by the courts, and he's faced with the music from his wedding. Now, this is also important because the incident that landed him into the mental hospital happened while the song was playing. His therapist was testing him to see how he would react, and Pat was fuming. He screamed at the re receptionist to change the music and destroys the waiting area And in, while trying to get away from the song. In his session, Pat is strongly against taking meds, and he explains the incident to Dr. Patel, his therapist. Pat left work one day because of an argument with the principal to hear the song playing with clothes lying around the house to find his wife and another teacher in the shower. He then beats the other teacher almost to his death. Ah! From this session, we know that Pat is undiagnosed bipolar, as we said before. Ethan, I really like the therapist. We thought he was a pretty cool and funny dude throughout the movie. He made the mood a little lighter. He's not really a dude, is he? Yeah, he's a dude. He's more like a man. He's a well-composed man, maybe. <laughs> he made the mood a little lighter. And instead of like just instead of it just being like a really serious movie, and Chris Tucker did that with his character as well. And the scene that Ethan just talked about was really important. We're learning we're finally learning who Pat really is and why he was in the mental hospital in the first place. I really liked Bradley Cooper in this movie. I feel like this is probably maybe the best movie he's ever done. Cause I don't know. I feel like he played the character really well and it was very believable. This may sound weird because it's obvious that he should play the character. Well, but I don't know how to describe it. I feel like he should have won an award for this movie. I know Jennifer Lawrence did. Who, who, who else won it besides him? I don't. I don't. I think she was the only one. But I think the, like was the movie nominated? as a whole. Probably what? God. Best. We'll we'll discuss that picture. later. We'll discuss it later. We'll discuss it now. Discuss it later. Uh, okay. So after therapy, Pat's friend Ronnie then invites him to dinner, in which Ronnie's wife and her sister are invited. Uh, and her wife's sister is Ronnie. Tiffany. Not Ronnie. Tiffany. Come on, Ethan. Tiffany is represented as someone who doesn't give a damn about anything. And we know this to be the result of the recent death of her husband, as well as her previous relationships with all of her husband's coworkers. At first glance, it seems that Pat and Tiffany do not like each other at all. But as the movie goes on, they grow fond of one another. Tiffany is competing at a dance competition, and she invite, invites Pat to join her in order for him to focus on something else, as well as giving him something to look forward to. Pat's parents initially do not like Tiffany because of the notions that surround her. Well, I feel like they did like her a little bit at one point because he was getting better and he was finally getting his life back on track. And they thought he was finally getting over Nikki. But I feel like then they started not to like her because he kept on missing the, all of like the Eagles games and he was spending a lot less time with them because he kept going to see Tiffany. And Tiffany, I don't think that even said this before but she is currently suffering from depression at this point in the movie she just has a lot of baggage and is dealing with a lot in her life because her husband just died 
Also, to further explain, because I, I think you got it wrong, Pat wants to... I don't get things wrong. Pat wants to contact Nikki through Tiffany because he can't contact her himself because she has a 50 feet restraining order on him, and Tiffany won't let him unless Pat does a dance contest with her. Throughout the rest of the movie, uh, it seems that both of them are building each other up from a place of brokenness. Because Pat is broken from the death of uh, him leaving his wife and... Tiffany is broken because of the death of her husband. I almost said wife. She's not a lesbian. Pat is helping her rebuild her life by turning away from the lifestyle she had before. An example would be when Pat and Tiffany were together and someone attempts to pull her back into her old ways. And Pat puts himself between them and says that she's a different person now. And Tiffany is also helping her uh, rebuild his life by removing the notion of going back to Tiffany. No, Nikki away from his mind by bringing him to the dance contest. Wait, no. Oh, wait, no, no, no. She brings him to the dance contest because of Nikki. She didn't expect Well, Nikki she does the dance contest with him, not brings him to it. Yeah. But I don't think that Pat helped her turn away from the lifestyle she had before because I think she was already starting to do that on her own. I feel like Pat was just an added bonus to kind of take her mind off the fact that her husband recently died. Okay, at the end of the film, Pat realizes that he never needed Nikki and that the only love he needed was right in front of him. Pat's father makes a large bet, makes a large bet with Randy, and they base, and they base it off the scores of the, from the football game and the dance contest. Tiffany instigates this bet and forces her and Pat to work hard to win together and forget their past. The bet was the Eagles win the game and they had to get a, at least a five in the dance contest. But Nikki shows up unexpectedly at the dance contest <gasps> to see how Pat is doing. And maybe there's a small chance that they're going to get back together, which makes Tiffany really mad. So she gets really drunk and it makes you think that it's going to ruin the dance. I mean, haven't we all done that? I mean, I know when I show for my dance contest back when I was pregnant, <laughs> I used to drink all the time. Okay. Anywho, <laughs> Tiffany and Pat ended up getting a five and the Eagles won. Yay! So they won the bet. Tiffany and Pat realize their love for one another and are together and happy at the end of the film. Then they kiss. It's lips on lips, tongue in tongue. It's beautiful. It's 50 shades of gray. Woo! That was very disgusting. <laughs> so this movie has won so many different awards. I mentioned before that Jennifer Lawrence won an Academy Award for Best Actress in a Leading Role. I think that's her only Oscar. Yeah. Well, really? Best Actress. No, she didn't win any for, for like, Best Actress. Well, yeah, but she didn't win, like... For bah, yeah. I know, but, like, not even The Hunger Games? Ah, yeah. Let's face it. Were they really good movies? Were they, like, really good movies? At the time, yeah. Were they, like, oh, my gosh, wow, Katniss rhymes with fatness. This is Pog. That was pretty good. Okay. <laughs> it also won some MTV Movie Awards and Golden Globes. What was surprising to me is that it won an MTV Movie Award for Best Kiss. The kiss that I just described. I didn't even know that was an actual word people could win. And what is that even based off of? I mean, yeah, Again, I guess. what I just described. I, I, I guess it was pretty good. How He's effervescently like they did confessing it. her love to her. And there's some pretty dramatic music going on in the background that builds up to it. But overall, I really enjoyed this movie. I give it an 8 out of 10. Cast is really great. It was great seeing Chris Tucker, Bradley Cooper, and Jennifer Lawrence, and Robert De Niro... All in one movie. I don't think we talked about Robert Nero at all. But he plays Pat's father. 
What's also great about this movie is that it wasn't your stereotypical love story where guy meets girl. Girl falls in love with... No, guy falls in love with girl and then they live happily ever after. Uh, Seriously? Because it's gross. <laughs> Nobody wants to watch that. Do you want to watch that? I mean, that's over like... Over and over again? It does every like after. rom-com after. Every rom-com ever. Yeah, that's also like the movie after, right? They both fell in love with each other. Then... Yeah, I got. Then no, they, they lived happily ever after. And after, he, she likes. No, he likes her, because it was a dare. Oh, I didn't watch after, so <laughs> we're not talking about after anyway. Okay, but Bradley Cooper and Jennifer Lawrence's chemistry together makes it a really powerful, underrated story of two people who are helping each other make their way out of their pain to find the inner strength. For those small steps towards a new kind of win or a silver lining. Ah, ah. There you did there. <laughs> and the family wasn't the ideal family ah. you would normally see in a movie. Usually there's like these perfect families who are all happy together and stuff, but the dad has like a lot of anger issues and he was very OCD, especially when watching the Eagles games, as we discussed before. It kind of shows how everybody is flawed in their own way. And it was a little hard to guess what was going to happen next in the movie. I I didn't. I was surprised when Nikki showed up at the dance, and I wish I knew what he said to her though. What Pat said to her. Phoebe, it's left for inference, so you infer what he said. Maybe he would like. Maybe he said, "I would like three spicy <laughs> bananas, please." Ethan, we all know it was something much deeper than that. Fine, I would like three spicy bananas deeply, please. Oh my gosh, why does that have to be spicy bananas? Fine, sweaty bananas. Why does that have to be? That's gross. Um, <sighs> it's Bradley Cooper. What he does isn't gross. It's beautiful. <laughs> it kind of bothers me when there's parts in movies or shows that are obviously happening, but you have no idea what they're saying. It's like The Office. You know what we want to talk about? <laughs> oh, the thing. The letter. The, yeah. Yeah. When yeah. Jim gives Pam a letter. And to this day, nobody even knows. Do you think the writers know? Well, probably. Okay, or it probably was know. just like a blank piece or of paper. If, yeah. And they're like, most likely it was action. Most likely it was a blank piece of paper. Also, you can say Creed's blog. They won't ever know it's there. Oh yeah, it's like that too. But I was thinking about like something deeper. <laughs> well, Creed know. probably has just has some creepy thoughts on there. And all the network cults. To the later in the fall, <laughs> and I know I knew that I like I had a feeling that Pat and Tiffany were gonna end up together, but I didn't know how they were gonna get there. Well, I would rate it as an 8.9 out of 10. Wait, why that? That's so specific. I'm following the Rotten Tomatoes thing, but you did it out of 10, so I was gonna do it at 10, so 89% be my rating, just under just under 90. <laughs> The acting style of this movie was really, really nice. It was a cohesive and coherent and consistent all throughout. Uh, yeah, sure. Like Bradley Cooper was broken. And then he mm -hmm. was like, ah, ah, you know, up and then down. It was a series of up and downs. Uh, the mix of comedy along with the mental illness awareness. In the, uh, it was interesting and intriguing. I really liked it because it was like, you know, you never really see that. What movie? Name movies. That has have we had just that. said that before. We we really gotta know. 
guys, help us out. We're 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 what lacking. Here. Movies focus on mental illness. Because we don't know. Because Google isn't gonna help us. Yeah, we could just look it up. But we want your <laughs> engagement. Come on. Uh, occasionally, the act, uh, director's filming style was a bit questionable, and some points did not help convey the overall meaning of the film. Like what? Um, like there's a point where he's reading Ernst Hemingway, yeah, and it zooms in really close, and he's like, "What the flip?" But he doesn't say flip, and then he throws the book out of the window. Oh yeah. What's the glass breaking? I don't. And it's trying to, eh. you know, give him more, make it more dramatic. What? It was such a, it was such a small detail in the movie. True. It was like, eh, you know. Okay. Well, I mean, I don't know. I like the screenplay. It was very, very well done. Bradley Cooper, as you said before, was the perfect person to be in this film, as he is a very, very good actor. He's just good. Like. How do you describe good? He's a man of talent. He can do it. He's everything. a man of many things. Yeah, he was. Just uh, kidding. I don't know what else he does besides acting. He acts. I think he acts. For me. Yeah, I'm trying, I'm trying to think of something else. He also voice acts oh. as Rocky Raccoon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's just an impeccable guy, and he shows a lot of genuine emotion mm -hmm. in the movie. True. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence is also very well. I do like her as an actress. And and she does it. She does this role very well as someone who's mentally distraught, and gets better as the movie goes along. Um, her acting was very believable and coherent enough for me to be engaged throughout the film. Uh, also, it's kind of funny how <laughs> this is such a good movie, but the executive producer is Harvey Weinstein. I didn't even know that. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening today, and don't forget to leave us a review and subscribe. If you want to connect with us, you can find us on Twitter. We just created our own Twitter account. It's at transparentpod1, and we'll see you next week.